Welcome to the Fear and Greed Business News Afternoon Report for Tuesday, the 17th of October, 2023. I'm Sean Aylmer. Every afternoon, we've got the five stories that happened today that you need to know about. Story number one, the S&P ASX 200 closed up 0.4% today to 7,056 points. It started the day really strongly, but then it fell back from late morning. CSL bounced yesterday, but not today. It closed down 1.5%, probably the worst of the large caps. West Farmers, Woolworths and Coles also ended lower. So too did Transurban. Otherwise, 20 of the top 25 stocks rose. James Hardy and QBE were among the best. The iron ore miners have had a better few days, reflecting high prices for the commodity. Rio Tinto and Fortescue both ended up more than 1%. Goodman Group plus tech leaders REA, Ystech Global and Zero all did well too. Shares in Cochlear fell nearly 1% after the hearing implant group said that its previous earnings guidance didn't factor in costs from a major plant acquisition. Auto parts group Babcord tumbled 12%, the worst of the top 200, after flagging that its year-to-date revenue growth had slowed down to a low single-digit percentage. And Hub24 is up nearly 2% after its total funds under administration jumped 21% in the September quarter. Story number two, oil has come off a bit as has gold, but prices are still relatively high. The Aussie dollar is trading around 63.5 US cents, but Bitcoin has had a run. It jumped 10% to be worth more than 30,000 US dollars a unit. But that was on fake news, so to speak. There was a report that BlackRock, the massive fund manager, had won the right to launch a crypto ETF, exchange-traded fund, At the moment, the US Securities and Exchange Commission is deciding whether to allow ETFs to invest directly in Bitcoin. Well, the fake news said that had been allowed, hence the price rose. When it proved to be false, it came right back down again. Bitcoin's now trading around $28,100 a unit. Story number three, the wash-up from the voice referendum continues with attacks from both sides of parliament. The Prime Minister says the government is starting a process to look at false and misleading political advertising, citing an example of a deceptive ad that ran during the referendum campaign. Opposition leader Peter Dunn in question time asked Albanese whether he remains committed to implementing the Uluru Statement from the Heart in full. That's a bit tricky given the referendum failed. Meanwhile, billions of dollars could be spent to increase the number of Australians trained in areas of high demand, including clean energy, the care sector and digitisation. The Albanese government could spend $12.6 billion under the five-year National Skills Agreement, which comes into effect from January after a deal was struck with the National Cabinet on Monday night. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said the agreement would mean more workers with the skills the economy needed. Story number four. Telstra, with its 1 million-plus shareholders, held its AGM today, and new director Maxine Brenner, who's also on the Qantas board, was hit with a 17% vote against her election. That is a very large vote against a new director, though, of course, she still joins the board because it's less than 50%. The reason for the no vote is interesting. A proxy firm, Institutional Shareholder Services, which advises shareholders on voting at AGMs, recommended voting against Brennan because of how she handled corporate governance issues at Qantas. Otherwise, at the shareholder meeting, the company said it had decided not to sell its infrastructure business because interest rates and inflation had risen. It also defended its decision to support the yes vote in the weekend's referendum. And Chair John Mullen said satellite technology would change the telco industry, particularly in regional Australia. 
And story number five, Russian President Vladimir Putin arrived in Beijing today to meet Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping in a trip aimed at showcasing the mutual trust and partnership between the two countries. It's the Kremlin chief's first official trip outside of the former Soviet Union this year. Putin has hardly travelled abroad at all since the Hague-based International Criminal Court issued an arrest warrant for him in March, accusing him of illegally deporting children from Ukraine. Putin visited Kyrgyzstan, a former Soviet republic, earlier this month. Now, the ICC's move obliges the court's 123 member states to arrest Putin and transfer him to the Hague for trial if he sets foot on their territory. But China isn't a member of of the International Criminal Court. That's it for the Afternoon Report for Tuesday, the 17th of October, 2023. Michael Thompson and I will be back tomorrow morning with the Wednesday edition of Fear and Greed Business News. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your evening.